Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Bucket. Welcome on into episode 112 of the Hoopers Log. Yes, 112 episodes in. And can you believe it? A week from today, we will have been, the regular season will be over. A week from today, the regular season will wrap up in the NBA. And last night in the NBA, you talk about a night that sets up the final week of the regular season perfectly as the final week now turns into this race for not just three teams in the NBA to try and get one, uh, two playoff spots, or four teams trying to get two playoff spots in the East and in the West, where you have you know, two, three, two teams fighting it out for one playoff spot and then two teams fighting out for one playoff spot in the West and East. But you've got some records, some conversations, some big-time games coming up. I'm telling you, there's a lot to come from in the world of the NBA. Welcome on into the Hooper's Log. My name is Simo Buckets. If you'd like to call into the SeatGeek Studios, my name is Simo Buckets one more time. Chris Morrison for formality. Uh, the phone number is 323-642-1558. If you're listening to the iTunes podcast, thank you again for listening. Again, we are on episode 112. We're heading into the final week of the regular season and a night like last night after the national championship game. Uh, you know, obviously there were no NBA games during the national championship game. Um, there was a lot, you know, that happened in the world of basketball. Uh, yesterday, uh, news-wise, uh, you know, from the perspective of just flat-out records being, you know, uh, being challenged, uh, there's a lot. There was a lot that happened yesterday in the world of basketball. Um, you know, obviously the Warriors, the Spurs, you name it. A lot of stuff going on, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of records just just being challenged. Uh, we're going to get it started here. Also, a couple of things that happened in the world of basketball that were worth mentioning. We'll get to those more as well. Obviously, there's a lot to get to. Kevin Hart, where are you at? Let's get it going. we got a big show today. Big show. One week to go down the stretch. They come. Here's Kevin Hart. Here we go. Let's get all going. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. First off, some uh, Players of the Month news. Wow, my voice just cracked. Uh, we got some Player of the Month news before we get started recapping the world of basketball from last night. Uh, we have Carl Anthony Towns uh, winning Rookie of the Month in the Western Conference. Not shocking, especially after what he did last night. And a guy like Josh Richardson for the Heat who won it for Rookie of the Month in the Eastern Conference. Uh, both those guys getting it done there. And then Players of the Month in the West. Players in the Month for the Eastern Conference. In the West, it was Russell Westbrook. Obviously, 
last night, especially, again, getting his 17th triple-double. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. And LeBron James in the East getting player of the month again in the Western Conference. Big-time stuff there as we head down the final week of the regular season. Obviously, all the awards and all the stuff will be coming in soon. There was a big, big schedule on the slate last night, 11 games in the NBA on a Tuesday. And the first one to start it off, yes, you guessed it. You guessed it. Yes. The Philadelphia 76ers won their game, won their 10th game of the season. They're now 107, they won 107 to 93. They're now 10 and 68. It's their first win in too long. It's been too long. It's been a while since they've won a victory, won a game. 107 to 93. They got the victory. They're now 10 and 68. Talk about a night where the Philadelphia 76ers decided to actually show up and play a basketball game and get paid the contracts they deserve. They finally showed up and played a basketball game, and the only reason they won was because Anthony Davis didn't play. Guy like Isaiah Kanan, 16 points. Nick Stauskas had 13. Thompson, 13. Carl Landry, 22 points. Nine rebounds. You had some big games. Robert Covington, an average player in the NBA, 12 points, nine rebounds. Woo! Philadelphia, stand up for your team. 10 and 68, the worst team in NBA history. They're challenging it. They're challenging the record. They're getting close. They're still going to lose 70 games, but they have 10 victories. They're double digits. Andrew and I talked about it. This team might not win double digit games. They did it. They found a way. They found a way to stay relevant. They found a way to get that 10th victory. A week left to go, nine days left to go in the season, and they won their 10th game. Talk about just straight-up dreadful this season, but a time to celebrate in Philadelphia as a victory. You know, think about this. There are 81, 82 games in a regular season, and one out of every eight games. So basically once every two weeks, this team finds a way to get a victory. They find a way. They find a way to grit and grind and get a victory. All right, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done with this. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. The Rocky theme did it for me. The Philadelphia 76ers get a victory over the New Orleans Pelicans. 107-93, this game means nothing in the, in, in, the, in the overall scheme of things, but Philadelphia getting a victory, you got to celebrate it because we all know that this team is absolutely garbage and they're going to be at the slot slate for the best pick in the lottery coming up here in about a month. Um, it's crazy because this team is just, I mean, I'm telling you, this team has absolutely no talent. They're, they're just absolutely horrific. Outside of a guy like, uh, outside of a guy like uh, uh, Jaleel Okafor and another guy in, uh, in New Orleans Noel, they really don't have much talent. Uh, they've, they've been dreadful all season long. The Toronto Raptors win 96-90 to over the Charlotte, Bob, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, again, finding a way to stay relevant. Uh, are the Charlotte Hornets. They have been playing really good basketball as of late, but obviously not playing their best basketball. Toronto is still three and a half games back at Cleveland. I don't think they're going to catch them. They're now 52 and 25, still extending their, their best record in their, in their history in the NBA. Um, 52 and 25, nothing to sneeze at. They played pretty well there. They got it done. Uh, DeMar DeRozan had a pretty good game from what I could see. Uh, and the Charlotte Hornets, again, only 44 and 33, um, you know, the, clearly they haven't played it great as of late, losing the last couple of games. But they're hanging in there, and they're playing good enough. Jeremy Lin at 21 points, 7 assists, pretty good game there from him. Uh, and Kemba Walker did not play that great. He probably was the key factor in why they lost. He shot 4-16 from the field. That's never going to get it done when you're trying to win a ball game. 
Uh, but DeMar DeRozan had 26 points, six assists, seven rebounds. Outstanding game by him. Kyle Lowry also had a great game as well, 21 points, six assists, four rebounds. An outstanding game by them. And Corey Joseph off the bench with 11 points. He might be throwing his name in the hat for sixth man of the year if he keeps playing the way he's playing as of late and keeps giving this team production off the bench. Apparently early on in the season, he was giving them a lot of production, as we all saw. And throughout the year, he's been doing the same thing. Uh, the Miami Heat beat the Detroit Pistons 45, or excuse me, 107 to 89. They're now 45 and 32. The Pistons 41 and 37. They have really got to hang on tight to try and stay in that conversation race in the Eastern Conference for a playoff spot. Um, Tobias Harris play was really the best player on the on the uh, on the Pistons last night. 21 points, seven rebounds. Reggie Jackson also had 21 points, but only three assists. Uh, in in the in the Heat, Dwayne Wade 16 points, Goran Dragic had 22 points and eight assists. Fantastic game by him. Obviously, Hassan Whiteside off the bench with 14 and 12. Uh, good stuff there for the Miami Heat as they get it done. Uh, and in the playoff race and in the playoff tracker, when looking at what's going on in the East, Detroit is still two games up on Chicago, but they can't afford to slip up. If Chicago's got a chance, Chicago's got a chance. There's four games left. They're only two games back. They got a legit shot. Washington looks like they're out of it. 37 and 40. I think they're done for the most part. Uh, obviously, Detroit can wrap up knocking out Washington if they keep winning games. Uh, but Chicago's still right there. And Indiana, clearly only a half game up on Detroit. They still have a chance to be knocked out of the postseason if all doesn't go well. But Chicago is, is a team with still who has hope and has life getting into the postseason. Who would have thought that that would have been the case coming into the season with the chance and the team that they have uh, put together? It, it's definitely a shocker from that perspective. Atlanta beats the Phoenix Suns 103-90. to No one cares about that game. Atlanta's in the postseason. They're playing great basketball. Memphis beating Chicago. Again, a big loss for Chicago as they need to keep winning to stay pace and have a chance of getting into the postseason. And with that loss, it, it, again, they got to win games. If they would have won last night, it would have given them a chance to be hovering around where Detroit is. Now there's still two games back, four games to go, a week left. they they, they got to win the rest of their games and get some help if they want to get into the postseason because Detroit, all they got to do is win two games and they're in the postseason. That's their magic number to clinch a playoff berth. The Cleveland Cavaliers dominate the Milwaukee Bucks 109 to 80 last night. LeBron James, again, playing his best basketball this time of year, 17 points, nine assists, five rebounds, not the best game by LeBron, but a dominating performance. Again, every time J.R. Smith seems to score 20 points, this, this team seems to dominate and somehow seems to get it done. Milwaukee again, Another dis- a disappointing season this year. Giannis Antetokounmpo had an outstanding game. 22 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, near triple-double for him as he played outstanding, but clearly not enough as the rest of his team did not play well. And LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers win their 56th game of the season. They're not going to win 60 this year. they got to go undefeated the rest of the way to, fit to win 60 games. But they're definitely going to play well enough and get into the postseason with a very good chance to do some damage. Uh, one of the games of the night from the standpoint of a historical perspective, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Denver Nuggets 124-102 to as Russell Westbrook again gets his 17th assist, tying Magic Johnson for the all-time record in a, in a, in a regular season uh, with, with 17 assists in the season. And he has four games to go. 54-24 and now are the Oklahoma City Thunder playing great basketball, finding ways to, 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 to just to get better. And, and, this, and what I mean by getting better is, is what I mean by getting better is by overall passing and, and, and becoming a cohesive unit instead of a two-man group. And over the last couple of weeks, if you haven't been watching this team, they have definitely turned into that. 
I mean, again, Kevin Durant, 26 points last night, eight assists. But then you had other guys like Serge Ibaka, 18 points, five rebounds. Very productive game. You had a guy like Deion Waiters off the bench. Enos Cantor, 18 points uh, for both of them and 11 rebounds for Enos Cantor. You're seeing this team turn into more of a cohesive unit. And with only 26 minutes, Russell Westbrook, a very efficient triple-double, 13 points, 14 rebounds, 12 assists, a couple steals, a 17th triple-double of the season. This guy is turning into a triple-double machine. He's turning into uh, – let me just say this, and I'm not saying this from a legacy perspective. I'm saying it from the way that he plays the game. Russell Westbrook is basically a combination of Oscar Robertson and Michael Jordan. Look, I'm not saying, again, legacy-wise uh, – I'm not saying, you know, when it comes to his historical perspective. But when it comes to the way this guy's playing, he's playing equivalent to a 1988 Michael Jordan and, you know, a late edition of Oscar Robertson. That's what this guy reminds me of right now. And, again, I, I've, I haven't really watched a ton of tape on, Mike, on Oscar Robertson, but the way I've seen him play, setting up his teammates, playing overall game, that's what Russell Westbrook's trying to do. And that's what he's trying to incorporate on top of trying to attack the basket and play the way – to help his team win like Michael Jordan. He tries to will his team to victory as much as he can. And last night, not necessarily needing to do so, he played more Oscar Robertson-like than he did and I've ever seen. Again, 26 minutes, that's, near, that's, that's less than half a – that's a little over half, over half a basketball game. And he had 13 points and 14 rebounds in 26 minutes. That's insane. Think about that. That's like a rebound every other minute. That, that's – I mean, that's – out of four possessions in a, in a, in a two-minute span, he would grab a rebound in each of those. Two. Think about that. That's insane. And then 12 assists in 26 minutes, that's one assist every, every, every two minutes. That's just absolute bonkers. And the same with points. He scored a point, grabbed a rebound, and got an assist pretty much every other minute in this ballgame. That's just pure insanity. That's, that is, that is uh, efficiency at its finest. And on top of that, I mean, he turned the ball over five times, but two steals. I mean, this guy is all over the basketball court. And the way he's been playing lately, you can't deny him. How is he not an MVP candidate to this point? Look, I know he hasn't been the best player on his team because Kevin Durant's played outstanding this year. But there's been times where, where uh, Russell Westbrook has truly been the, the confidant, the best player on his team from the standpoint of really being the engine that goes. A lot like Draymond Green for the Golden State Warriors. We're going to talk about them in a moment, but he's been the, he's been the engine on this team. There's a reason why this guy was player of the month last month. He had the most triple doubles in a, in a, in a calendar month outside of Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. I mean, that's, that, is, that is nuts. When you, start, when you start putting that conversation in the same you know, realm with those players, in a month span, you're talking about greatness and an opportunity to shine like no other. And that's what Russell Westbrook did yesterday, getting his, his 17th triple-double on the season. If you'd like to call into the Hoopers log, my phone, the phone number is 323-642-1558. If you're listening to the, to the podcast and you're finding a way to, uh, to listen in, thank you again. Enjoying, hopefully you're enjoying this beautiful day as obviously baseball is getting underway, and uh, obviously the spring season is starting to full, come in full bloom uh, as the weather starts to turn and, and turn into the best time of year, especially for the basketball season. Do you know what I'm talking about? Spurs win their 65th game of the season, beating the Utah Jazz. The Jazz drop to now 39-39. and 39. The Spurs go to 65-12. and 12. The best Spurs team I've ever seen getting a victory uh, over the Jazz, 88-86. to 86. Again, finding a way to get victories 
when they're not really necessarily playing all of their best players. And Utah still has a half-game lead over the Houston Rockets. All the, the Rockets are necessary, are pretty much tied with Utah um, based upon the fact that they haven't played as many games. Houston is 38-39. and 39. Utah is 39-39, and 39, while Dallas is only right there at 39-38, and 38, only half a game up on Utah. And this is all based upon schedule. Utah has four games left in their regular season. And knowing that they have four games left, and Houston has five, Dallas has five, the chance of Utah not getting in is a little bit higher now considering Houston is right there behind. I mean, they're right there. So it is, it is coming down to the wire in the Eastern Conference with the Bulls. The, uh, so six teams fighting for, fighting for four spots in the, in, the, in, the East, in the West and Eastern Conference. Um, Houston, Utah, Dallas, and then obviously you have Indiana, Detroit, Chicago. That's what it all comes down to in the, in the NBA with the final week left to go. And Utah losing to the Spurs last night. Again, Utah has a, a pretty tough draw coming down the stretch. They play the Spurs. They, they, obviously, they play Kobe Bryant and the Lakers uh, in the final game of their regular season coming up in about a week. And, and that's a huge game for the Lakers because of the standpoint of it's Kobe's last game. It's going to be a lot of attention on the Lakers. A lot of people are going to be there trying to edge on Kobe to get his final victory of his career. Um, and Utah needs to wrap it up before then. Look, and they got a chance. They really have to go 3-1 and one the rest of the way to wrap it up, and they need to win out pretty much to have that chance. And you don't want to put that pressure on them against Kobe in the final game because if you do and somehow Houston hangs around and gets into the eighth spot, they're going to take it because Houston's been that good as of late. The Spurs, though, 88-86, and to 86, they get the victory 65-12. and 12. I know they're only four games back of Golden State. They're not going to catch Golden State. It's not going to happen. But when it comes to this team's ability to compete with teams right now, they're playing their best basketball, even when they're not playing their best players. Look, Kawhi Leonard, 38 points, 18 points, 8, eight rebounds. LaMarcus Aldridge, only 14 points, 7 rebounds. But look at the contributing factors. Miranda Ginobili, 14 points, playing like he's back in the old days. Uh, Tony Parker, 11 points. Kyle Anderson, 11 points. David West, 9. Patty Mills was 6. Tim Duncan barely played. Look, 3 points uh, only from the free throw line. You're talking about, like, guys, their key players not stepping up, but everyone else finding a way to keep it close. Rodney Hood for the Utah Jazz at 23 points in this one. 7 rebounds, 4 assists. I mean, you're talking about a game where the, the Spurs necessarily didn't really show up and play their best game. They still won. Look. That's what it takes this time of year when you're, when you're tired, when you're coming down the stretch of a season and you're not playing your best basketball. You still find a way to get it done on the defensive end, and that's what the San Antonio Spurs did. They got it done on the defensive end, and they played with heart on the defensive side of the ball. That's why they're playing great basketball right now, and that's honestly why I think they have a chance to still win the NBA title because of that effort alone. The Portland Trailblazers beating the Sacramento Kings 115-107, to 107, now 42-37, and 37, only proving more why Terry Stotts is going to win Coach of the Year. No debate on that. I think he's going to win it because just because of the fact that the way this team's been playing. They have three games left in their season. The Portland Trailblazers do. 115-107 to 107 over the Sacramento Kings. Again, Rajon Rondo with another triple-double, uh, playing great basketball as of late, but still the Kings 31-47, and 47, not having much to play for at this point in time of the season. Game of the night. Well, obviously, well, let's get to this game first. Clippers beat the, beat the Lakers 103-81. to 81. Lakers are again 16-61, and, 61, uh, and, the, and the Clippers on the edge of winning 50 games. They're now 49-28. and 28. They're going to win 50 this season heading into the postseason. They win 103-81 to 81 over the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, 
Minnesota Timberwolves and Golden State Warriors game of the night, story of the night, no debate. Um, And I said this on social media, on Twitter, and I said this a a bunch of times last night as I was watching this game. Uh, After the Boston game, look, you can say all you want about the Boston loss. Look, Boston beat them. This is one of the few times this season outside of the Portland game right after the All-Star break in the Boston game where they flat out just got beat. This game they got beat again, and this was not them beating themselves. Steph Curry played horribly in this game. Look, I know he finally turned it around in the second half, but in the first half he was absolutely dreadful. Two points, 0 of 8 from the field, uh, from three. And, and the Golden State Warriors were 114 and 0 before this game when leading by 15 at one point. And they were up by 15 in the fourth quarter at one point, or excuse me, in the third quarter. And Minnesota was looking, you know, they were weird. And the weird thing was, and I know this is sounding cliche, and again, 2020 vision, but after the Boston game and then playing this game, you had a feeling as I was watching this game, I know Minnesota was down by 15 at one point, but it still felt like they were in the ball game. It just felt like with the way Golden State was playing, the way they were turning the ball over, the way they were, the way they were, you know, passing the ball, being a little bit lazy, trying to turn it into a show, like like Steve Kerr was saying after the game, and it felt like the Golden State Warriors were getting a little lazy and truly trying to just, you know, make it fun instead of actually trying to win the ball game. Now that's on them, clearly, but you can't knock the fact that even when the game got close in the fourth quarter and they, and then the, the the Minnesota Timberwolves eventually tied it, that that the the Golden State Warriors did not look like themselves. I was saying it during the game. I was like, look, the spark has left Golden State. Win or lose, this team does not look like the same team, you know, from the end of October when the season began till the end of March. This team does not look the same. And it's not – when they lost to the Spurs uh, three weeks ago, they, they didn't look horrible then. They just got beat. That happened. I mean, that happens on the road. They got beat by that team. Then when they lost to Boston, they got beat. That happens. But to lose to a team like Minnesota, who had 25 wins coming into this game, granted, they have rookie of the year Carl Anthony Towns, who, by the way, if you watch this game or at least watch highlights, Carl Anthony Towns is the next big thing. I don't care what anybody says about Anthony Davis or, you know, Jonathan Antetokounmpo. Carl Anthony Towns, if you watched this game last night, some of the moves he made, some of the defensive plays he made on Steph Curry – he guarded Steph Curry out on the perimeter and dared him to take it to the rack and dared him to shoot threes, and he still found a way to defend him. Carl Anthony Towns made some unbelievable plays in this game where he found a way to dictate the, 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 the outcome of the game. Shabazz Muhammad with 35 points. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, you talk about a boy. Andrew Wiggins, 20 years old, a guy coming out playing individual offense to the level that we saw last night, getting himself open, step-back jumpers, just cold-blooded killer in this ball game last night with Andrew Wiggins. I mean, this whole team in, in Minnesota and everyone, every time someone beats the, 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 the Golden State Warriors, there has to be some form of like, oh, this team is the next great thing. Like when Boston beat them, oh, yeah, Brad Stevens is one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. He's going to be one of the greatest. They're on pace to do this. Okay, great. Boston beat them, great. Obviously, the Spurs beat them, great. You know, when Portland beat them, they're like, oh, they beat themselves. You know, and in this game, everyone's like, oh, the Timberwolves, they're the, next, they're, they're the next Thunder, which they are. I would not disagree with that sentiment. But from the standpoint of this team is 25 and 52 heading into this game for a reason, and they're going into Golden State 
at this point, there's no excuses. Look, and it's getting to a point now. And again, they have to go four and zero to break the record now of the Golden of of, of the of the of the Chicago Bulls. It's getting to a point, and, and what's interesting is that now, and you hear it from Steph Curry after the game, and and Steve Kerr after the game. I don't think we're. They're saying I don't think we necessarily are stressed out by the record because we don't really care about the record. We just care about getting in as the one seed. Uh. Why have you been playing so hard over the last week or so then? You tell me, Steve Kerr. You tell me, Steph Curry. If you're not bogged down by the pressure of this record, then what really are you playing for? Why are you playing your guys? You have a week left in the season, and you have 69 victories. You have a chance at history, and you're sitting here telling me that you're not, you're not pressured by getting this record, and you guys don't necessarily care about getting this record, don't pull that BS. And now all the fans are on board and saying the same thing. Oh, let's just try and get, let's just try and get the one seed. Let's just try and rest our players and get ready for a long postseason. Get out of here with that mess. Where were you a week ago, Golden State Warrior fans, where you were saying, oh, yeah, we're going to automatically get the record. We're going to get 75 victories. We're going to break it. Now you're just trying to get 73. Now you're just trying to go 4-0. Now... You're saying, ah, don't worry about the record. We're going to get the one seed, and we're still going to dominate in the postseason. Uh, hold on a minute. It is April 5th, or April 6th now, as of last night, April 5th. We're six, six days into April, and your team does not look like the same team from November, December, January, February, or March. Your team does not look like, look like the same team with the same fire and the same enthusiasm as they did during the season. Look, I don't care what you say. When was the last time Golden State covered? In gambling, think about that. When was the last time the Golden State Warriors covered a covered a spread? I can't remember. And to be honest, I forgot the last time this team actually truly dominated a basketball game. This team does not look like the same team at all. And I've been I said it on social media. I said it all you know the whole time you know during the game. I said this team does not look like the same team. They don't look like they're a team ready to get it done. They don't look like they're ready to. They don't look like they're ready to win a title. If you would have asked me a month ago what this team looked like, I would have told you, okay, you know, clearly they're ready to get it done and they're ready to win, you know, they're ready to win um, an, NBA, you know, an NBA title and, and do what it takes to get it done overall. But now, with the way that they have been playing and the way that they've looked, they don't look like a team that's ready to get it done. They lost to Boston. They lost to Minnesota this month. I know they, they lost to uh, – they lost to the Lakers about a month ago. Today, as of a month ago, they got dominated by the Lakers a month ago. Ever since that Laker loss, look, I know they've played pretty well since then. But overall, I mean, look at this schedule that they've had. They lost to Minnesota. I know they crushed Portland about, th- about three days ago. I understand that. They lost to Boston. They barely beat Utah in overtime in Utah, 103-96. to That game, they had no business winning that ball game. They hung tight with Washington. They beat them. They only beat Philadelphia by 12. You're supposed to dominate Philadelphia by like 30 in games like that. They only beat the Mavericks by 8. They only beat the Clippers by, by 16. They only beat the Timberwolves on March 21st, about three weeks ago, by 5. They got beat by the Spurs on that, on that Saturday night game, the Mavs by. And, then, and then before that, they dominated teams. Before that, they were dominated. Ever since that game against the San Antonio Spurs on March 19th, they have not looked the same. They haven't. And, and what's interesting is everyone remembers what the Dallas Mavericks did. For those of you that are older and understand what I'm talking about, what the Dallas Mavericks did in 2007 when they were the number one seed 
heading into the postseason, and they played the Golden State Warriors in the eighth spot. And what's funny is, is war, real Warrior fans know what I'm talking about, but, but bandwagoners and people who just jumped on have no idea what I'm talking about. But 10 years ago, when the, when the Golden State Warriors were the eighth seed and the Dallas Mavericks were the one seed, Dallas was the most dominating team in the regular season that year. They were very good. Look, Dallas had won like 65 games, 66 games. They were the best team in basketball. Everyone thought they were going to win their back-to-back titles. It was kind of the same situation as the Golden State Warriors this year. Dirk Nowitzki won MVP. It was all that stuff. And what did Golden State do? They absolutely dominated the, the Dallas Mavericks. I have a weird feeling, and I don't think it's going to happen in the first round, but I got a weird feeling that heading into the second round of the postseason, that when you see the Golden State Warriors play either I'm – think, I'm thinking it's more likely going to look like uh, the, the Clippers now at this point – the Golden State Warriors play the L.A. Clippers. And the way the Clippers have been playing as of late, which is much better basketball, much more cohesive basketball, more together basketball, I don't think the Golden State Warriors are going to win that series. And I'm not sitting here and saying they're going to lose the series and that they're going to choke and whatnot and all that. Look, it's, it's very feasible. With the way that this team has played over the last couple of weeks, it's very feasible to say that the Golden State Warriors might struggle playing a team like the, like the, like the L.A. Clippers and they might phase out. They might phase out playing a team like the Clippers in a seven-game series. Can they beat the Clippers in a seven-game Yes, they can. This team can win a title. I'm not trying to sit here and say they're not, they're not good enough to win a title. But what you've seen from this team over the last week and a half, two weeks, is a team that cannot compensate for the fact that it is late in the year and that they're tired. Look, everyone at this point in time of year is tired. There is no excuse for any team at all to say – Oh, we can't win because we're tired. Look, everyone is tired. Everyone has played for nearly five months during the year. Everyone's exhausted. The Spurs are tired. Memphis is tired. Golden State's tired. Minnesota's tired. Everybody is tired this time of year. That is not an excuse. When you get into the postseason, you're tired. When you get into the NBA Finals, you're tired. No one's healthy. No one's 100% healthy at this time of year. That is not an excuse. Golden State, you're going to play the Spurs on Thursday. In Golden State, I don't think the Spurs will win, but I think the Spurs will keep it close. They're going to play Memphis two days later on, on Saturday. Me- Me- Memphis, again, they, they're, they're hungry. They need to get into the postseason. They're going to try and win that game. And then April 10th, you go to San Antonio. You talk about a tough stretch between two teams in Memphis and San Antonio where they play them on the road and at home the next four games. They got to go undefeated to break the record. And if you don't think that that is a choke job by the Golden State Warriors, if they don't get the record, or at least tie the record, if they don't at least tie the record job by the Golden State Warriors, and it is not a good sign heading into the postseason when you're playing. Let's be honest, this would be the Golden State Warriors' worst stretch of basketball all season long. They've lost two of their last three games, and both of those on at home in a three-game home stretch that they've had so far. They've lost two of three. This is their worst stretch of basketball all season long, and there's a week left to go in the regular season. If you're a Warrior fan and you're sitting there saying, oh, we're not ready to win the – we're not worried about the record anymore. We're just worried about, you know, getting into the postseason and being ready. Hello? Hello? Knock, knock. Who's there? Are you saying that right now? Are you serious right now? This team is playing terrible basketball. When you're up 15 at home against the, against the Minnesota Timberwolves, that should be a slam dunk piece of cake victory. And I know people are saying that they were kind of making, or kind of showing off and, and just playing to have fun and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. Look, I don't care what you say. You've got to beat a team like Minnesota. That's an easy victory. That should be an easy, easy, easy victory. 
And for them to blow the lead and then get beat by seven in overtime, to get outscored by seven in overtime, get beat in the, in the final period, you know, 17 to 11 in overtime. Well, 17 to 10, actually, because they got beat by, by seven. I don't understand that logic, how you get beat by six in overtime, but you only win by seven. That makes no sense. Anyway, the point is, is Minnesota outscored you overall 60 to 51. They outscored you by nine points and then seven points in the OT period. They got beat by 16 in the second half. Think about that. The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Golden State Warriors. After the first quarter, Golden State was up by seven. And then at one point, uh, Minnesota tied them in the fourth. And then in the third, Minnesota outscored them by a point and then outscored them by eight in the fourth and then outscored them by seven in the final period, in the, in, the, in the final OT period. Again, it doesn't make sense to me how, you know, this, this, these, this fan base, this organization, how they're just kind of oblivious to the fact that they're not playing good basketball. Look, Steph Curry, people say he's the unanimous MVP. That guy shot 7 of 25 from the field last night, 4 of 14 from 3, 21 points. I know he had 15 assists. Outstanding game, really, an outstanding game in the second half. In the first half, he was dreadful. Klay Thompson, 12 of 22 from the field, pretty good, 28 points, pretty good game. You know, Andrew Bogut had 15 rebounds. But when, you're, when your team is playing bad and – the cohesive unit is not playing well. Draymond Green is making turnovers I haven't seen him make all season. Making lazy passes in the lane, finding ways to just to just really turn the ball over at the most inopportune times. Draymond Green had six turnovers last night, and many of those were late in the ball game. Steph Curry, he again, he was throwing up horribly wild shots late in the ball game. I mean, it was bad, and they weren't even like horribly contested. He wasn't necessarily being defended all that great. Now, don't get me wrong. He was being locked down from half court all, all the way through. But at the same time, there were times where he was wide open from three missing. There were times where, you know, Steph Curry tried to drive the light and he was wide open. And he was missing layups. It was happening. This team is not playing well, people. And if you're oblivious to the fact that this team is 69 and nine, and you're just looking at the record, you're not looking how they've been playing as of late. You're looking at a team right now that's walking into the Western Conference playoffs about a week and a half from now. And they're playing their worst basketball of the season. They are. Losing three of two losing two of three at home in the final stretch of the season, losing your first game of the year when you're up by fifteen and the first time in over a two year stretch where you went hundred and fourteen and zero, now hundred and fourteen and one when you're up by fifteen at one point in the ball game, and Steph Curry shoots you know, 0 for eight from the field in the first half, and he has to change his shoes to look better. <coughs> I mean, what else do you need to know? This team's not playing well. From, from the one-seed perspective, and as a Spurs fan, boy, you talk about, I'm sitting there in the dog cage, licking my chops, thinking, boy, we got a shot to win the NBA title, and really, if, the, if, if we played this Golden State Warrior team right now in a seven-game series, I, wouldn't be, I would not be scared at all. At all! Losing twice at home at the end of the season, the way they have, I mean, and, and getting beat bad. I mean, getting, getting beat pretty bad from the standpoint of not, not getting blown out, but getting beat from a fundamental perspective and a perspective that, look, this team is way better than these teams. This team is way better than the Celtics. This team is way better than the Timberwolves. 
and they and they just got flat out beat. And now again, if it was like the games early on in the year where they got beat by the Nuggets when they really did beat themselves, that happens. Or when they lost to uh, when they lost to, lost to uh, uh, Milwaukee in December. Look, that happens. Those games are going to happen where they just they just don't play well. This game, they got beat. Look, you don't when you blow a 15 15 point lead, that is not that is not yourself not showing up. That is a choke job. That is a flat out choke job. And this team found a way to choke away an easy victory last night. They did. Don't don't sit here and say, "Oh, well, you know, it's the NBA." No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no. no. You're not going to get by with me on that. You're not getting by me with that logic. That logic is 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 asinine. BS and, and all sorts of other uh, cliches that I could use to say that you're, you're wrong. This is a 69-win ball club, the second highest winning ball club in NBA history ever. We're going to see potentially the record. They still could do it. They still could go 4-0 and finish out 73-9. and And this could be the greatest regular season we ever see, and yet they're playing their worst basketball. And it's not even the fact that they're playing their worst basketball from the standpoint of losing games. They just don't look themselves. Since that game against the Spurs, on Saturday, about three weeks ago, this team has not looked the same. They just haven't. And if you're and if you're blind enough to sit there and say, "Oh yeah, they're still the Warriors and they're still great," no, I just I just laid it out for you. Since March 19th, when they played the Spurs, they have not looked the same Golden State team that we're used to seeing. They're not coming out and shooting, you know, the lights out and beating teams by 20. They're not doing that outside of the goal, outside of the Portland game that they played uh, over the weekend. They haven't been beating teams by 20 at all, and they haven't done it in the last three weeks. They haven't looked the same. And if you're blind enough to think that this team is still good enough to win the title right now with the way that they're playing, you're out of your mind. The Cleveland Cavaliers are peaking right now. The the San Antonio Spurs are still playing gritty. They're still playing unbelievable defense to play against teams when they're not having their best offensive night. Golden State, and they mentioned it multiple times on the broadcast last night, this Golden State team is just trying to win games on offense alone. They're not, try- they're not playing defense at all. They're not trying to play defense. All of last night, they allowed 32 points in the third, 28 points in the fourth, 18 points in a five-minute span in overtime, which is, pay- which is on pace for a 36-point, you know, overall almost a 40-point period, if you think about it. The, the second half, this team absolutely just dogged it out. They allowed 60 points in the second half. Since when did you see Golden State allowing 60 points in the second half? They're, they're running into habits. And, and this is the thing, people. This is the thing people need to understand about really good teams late in the year. When it comes to being a great team winning a title, most great teams that win titles play their best basketball in the second half of the season. And what I mean by that is it's not necessarily the most pretty basketball or the most successful basketball or the most this basketball. It's from the standpoint of when you have a team like this who at one point had only five losses. You know, before they played San Antonio, they only had five losses. And they've lost lost four games since then, I believe, or they've lost three games since then. I forget. It doesn't matter. They had six losses playing San Antonio. Then they lost their seventh, then their eighth, and their ninth against Boston and Minnesota. The issues they're running into are issues that, as a winning ball club and as, and as, a, as a personnel group, the coaches, the, the organization, they haven't had to deal with these all season long. And so when you run through struggles, when you run through tough times throughout the season, you give yourself time to look at those circumstances and you can get throughout the regular season and you can kind of test yourself and see where you need to work on them. There's a week left in the regular season. They don't have time to necessarily 
you know, work on issues that they have going on right now when it comes to turnovers, when it comes to lazy possessions, when it comes to bad shot selections, which they've been putting up as of late. When you have those circumstances happening late in the year, you don't necessarily have a month to grind it out and figure it out. Because it's really only shown the last week that all this is starting to happen, or the last couple of weeks that this is all starting to happen. Because when you start missing your shots, and you start playing bad half-court offense, and you start playing lazy defense, you need at least like another week or two to figure that out. This team can't afford a week to figure it out. Not from the standpoint of the record, but from the standpoint of going into the postseason. They have a week and a half till the postseason starts. Unless they really want to just hash it out these next four games and find a way to play well against really good opponents, you know, in Memphis and in San Antonio, and find a way to hash out their ability to go back to playing the way they played from November, December, January, February and definitely parts of March. You know, if they want to go back to playing that way, they really got to hash out some things and kind of stay, take a step back before they take a step forward. Good teams have to do that. This team has not needed to do that all year long because they've been so great. But even sometimes when teams are so great, they have to take a step back and recognize we got to fix some things. This team is in a process of needing to fix some things. And heading into the postseason, playing some teams who, let's be honest, Going into the postseason, eighth seeds are, playing, are needing to play their best basketball right now. And what eighth seed right now is potentially – potential eighth seed is playing their best basketball right now trying to get in. The Houston Rockets, the Utah Jazz, and the Dallas Mavericks. All those teams, granted, they're not playing great basketball for the entire year, but they have to play their best basketball the final week of the season where Golden State has to almost take a step back to figure themselves out. Where with Houston, Utah, and Dallas, they, just, they, they just have to go for it. They just have to go for it and play their best just to get in. Heading into the postseason with that mentality, with the step-back mentality that Golden State needs to have, which is step back and fix what they have going on, whereas those other three teams I just mentioned, all they got to do is just go for it and, and play with like there's nothing to lose. You bring in an eighth seed, a veteran eighth seed, whether it's a veteran eighth seed, with, with, with Dallas, a young, talented eight seed, whether it's Utah or a team last year that made it to the Western Conference Finals with nothing to lose because they're the eighth spot playing the best team in, 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 in the NBA in Golden State, that is a recipe for disaster. Now, will they beat Golden State? No. They won't beat Golden State in a seven-game series. It won't happen. But they could make it a six-game series. And I can tell you this much. If Golden State is taken to a six-game series in the first round, you talk about pressure, struggles, uh, their ability to get into the next round and win a series is going to be immense. And, and it is going to – the pressure is only going to rise, and, and it's only going to get worse. And the thing is, is, and I just mentioned this, this team has been struggling the last two, three weeks. If they go into the postseason having to kind of rebuild their structure and figure themselves out because they have been struggling, they have been – tired they have been playing lazy defense and lazy offense and, and, and really just not playing their best basketball as of late they've been playing bad when you lose to when you lose to the Timberwolves at home and you only win over a team like Philadelphia by 12 you know you're not playing good basketball you're not you should be winning bigger than that playing better than that and they're not they're, they're playing their worst basketball at the worst time of the year that is a recipe for disaster and that is a circumstance where if they don't win the title at this point because they need to they have to to be considered one of the best teams ever, you know, then it'll be just considered a flat-out, just absolute ch choke job of a season. 
It'll be one of it'll be one of the biggest choking seasons of all time. It'll be similar to what the Patriots did in the NFL. You know, here on CLNS Radio, we can refer to them, obviously. But it'll be like the Patriots in the NFL from 07. It'll be the exact same thing. It'll be like the Dallas Mavericks from 2007. It'll be the same exact circumstance. And I don't think anyone will, will, will jump to the conclusion of saying this is the biggest choking team of all time. Now, if they lose in the finals, they wouldn't have necessarily choked. If they lose in the Western Conference Finals to the Spurs, it wouldn't necessarily be a choke. But if they can't at least get to the Western Conference Finals, that's a choke job. That is a flat-out choke job. And I'm not sitting here saying that they can't do it because they totally can't. And they still have four games in the regular season to break the record. They still do. They can still do it. But with the way that they've been playing over the last couple of weeks, the way that they've been playing since that game against San Antonio on March 19th, how can you say that this team has a chance of winning the NBA title with the way that the, that the Cavaliers have been playing, with the way the Spurs have been playing, with, with the way that these, these two teams that I just mentioned, those two teams and other teams in the Western Conference who are clicking right now, the, the Clippers, how can you say that this team is a flat-out, head-and-shoulders favorite above everybody in the West and in the NBA to win the title? They're not. They're not. And if you're blind enough to think that this team is good enough to get that far, and to be that dominant and to be that good, you're out of your mind. You're insane. You are a bandwagon, and you are a, a, a delusional fan at its finest. This team is 69-9. and nine. They're still great. But when it comes to the way they've been playing the last week or two, no. They have not been playing the same team, playing the way the same team they did prior to that game on March 19th. Because since that game against the Spurs on March 19th, this team has not looked the same. You can say all you want about how good they've been all year, but they, they have not looked like the same Warrior team prior to that game on March 19th. From November, uh, from the end of October when the season began till you know, that game on March 19th, this was the best team in the NBA. Ever since then, they have been mediocre to, to, to you know, they have been a, a, a bottom top, a bottom 10 team. They have not been a bottom 10 team, excuse me. They have been more like a middle of the road team than they have been like a warrior team that we saw in those first, you know, four or five months of the season. They just are. They've, they've been that way. That is what they have been, and that is how it has looked, and that is what it has gone through. Again, you're listening to CLNS Radio here on the, uh, on, on the SeatGeek Studios. My name is Seymour Buckets. Uh, we just got done talking about the Warriors and, uh, the Warriors and uh, uh, Timberwolves game from last night, obviously, the Warriors losing in overtime to the Timberwolves, 124 to 117, now 69-9. They have to go 4-0 the rest of the way to break the record. That, those were your games from last night in the NBA. Um, as we mentioned, we mentioned all 11 of them. And tonight in the NBA on an ESPN Wednesday. On an ESPN Wednesday, there are eight games on the schedule. We're back to the NBA. Obviously, college basketball is over. We're back to the NBA tonight. Two games on ESPN. Uh, very intriguing games. Cleveland playing Indiana. Obviously, a rematch of, the, uh, of LeBron James and the Indiana Pacers from two, three years ago when those, those two teams played back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. Interesting game there, obviously. Um, league pass uh, of, of Detroit and, and the Magic. Detroit needs to get a victory over the Magic. Nets and Wizards, no one cares about that game. Uh, uh, Pelicans and Boston Celtics. The Celtics just need a victory to keep, keep pace with those mid-teams in the Eastern Conference. Charlotte Hornets and Knicks, look, the Charlotte Hornets just need to pace and keep playing well. Rockets and Mavericks. Big-time Texas matchup tonight as both those teams need to win to stay within the hunt in, in the uh, playoff conversation. If the, if the Rockets win, they go to 39-39, and the Dallas Mavericks, if they lose, they go to 39-39. And you talk about all chaos with a week left to go in the NBA season with three, four games left in the regular season. It's going to be crazy 
coming down the stretch if the Rockets get that victory tonight on ESPN. And then Oklahoma City and Portland, that could be a first-round matchup that potentially could happen if Portland and Oklahoma City play. I honestly think both those teams won't show their cards tonight if they both play one another uh, in the postseason. Uh, And then the Clippers and Lakers again playing again uh, as the Lakers will play as the home team tonight uh, in that one. So those are your eight games, obviously the two games on ESPN, Cleveland and Indiana. And then you have uh, the Rockets and Mavericks tonight on in the world of the NBA. That is the show for today. We have about a couple minutes left in the show again. Episode 112 is in the books. Episode 113 will be tomorrow on a Thursday. The show will be at 1.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, 10.30 p.m. Pacific, because I will be, I'll be getting my oil changed, and just life will take, it, take its course, and we'll talk about the games from tonight, and then we'll, re, we'll preview what's, what's to come on Thursday, because there's five games in the world of the NBA on Thursday. We'll talk about the games from tonight. Uh, tomorrow on episode 113 on a TNT Thursday, and we'll talk about what to expect as time moves forward in the NBA with about a week left in the regular season. My name is Simo Buckets, here for you on CLNS Radio, through the SeatGeek Studios, on Blog Talk Radio, in the iTunes podcast. If you're listening to me now through your headset, thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a great day. we got about a minute left on the show. Like I said, the episode, this episode is done. We're getting ready to go for tomorrow with a week left in the NBA season. We'll give you all of our predictions on what's to come in the NBA postseason next week, and we'll find a way to get you updated on what's to come uh, going forward in the Hoopers log. Again, this is kind of a week of transition from the standpoint of uh, from the standpoint of we're going to be moving to nights next week. 7.30 p.m. Eastern will be the first show. Episode 115 will be the episode for uh, Monday next week when we start doing our night shows. Yes, that's right. We'll be doing night shows starting on Monday with a week with about three days left to go in the regular season. It should be outstanding. It should be fun. And we'll, we'll get more ratings and we'll get more people on board from there. And obviously, Andrew will be back. We'll be uh, introducing something special by then. And we'll get you all up to date. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy the basketball tonight. Some big-time games in the NBA and big-time games to decide what's going to go forward in the NBA regular season. My name is Timo Buckets. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the game. Episode 113 tomorrow. Same time, same place. Oh, not the same time. Again, 10.30 p.m., 10.30 a.m. Pacific, and 1.30 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow for episode 113 on a TNT Thursday. Have a good one, everybody.